hello there. I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of Pea Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat. And with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat, and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. Hello everybody. Well, this morning, I think I'm going to be talking about Ikebana. In fact, no, I know I'm going to be talking about Ikebana. And you may not know what Ikebana is at first. As it sounds, it sounds sort of Japanese, doesn't it? And it is. It's a form of flower arranging. And it's quite complex and I learned it long ago when I was living in London, must be 30 years ago now, maybe even more. And I really found that I enjoyed it. It's incredibly simple and it's a very much of a meditative technique of arranging flowers. And I went into it first for precisely that, for the meditations. And it's not like mindfulness, it's not like any other meditation. You don't have to sit there and, you know, be still and clear your mind or anything like that. In fact, actually, you do the opposite. And it begins actually before you get into the flower arranging part of it. Like a lot of Japanese life, particularly the old-fashioned Japanese life with the beautiful houses and the simple designs and the simple paintings and all this kind of thing. It is simple. And it's about simplicity. So when you start, and I remember this from when I went to this bloke's course, it was about a six-week course of doing it. He was great. He was really fun. And he was really nice. And he was Japanese. And it was part of his culture. And I found that really helpful. Because I could feel into him and feel into how it was part of his life, part of the way he'd been brought up. And it wasn't something that he had learned and put on top of himself. Not there's anything wrong with that. But it is different. So, first session was very much about getting to know each other, getting to know him, building up the trust, as you always have to do with anything like this. And we've told, you know, what we'd need, make sure we got the right kit, because simple vases and the simple stands that you can put the flowers in, and sometimes it's flat dishes and sometimes it's vertical vases, just finding those was good. They can be a bit expensive, but on the other hand, they're so beautiful. It's worth treating yourself to them. So we made sure we got our vases. And then he told us about looking for the flowers, leaves, plants, what we were going to actually use in the arrangements. 
And it's not just flowers. It can be leaves. It can be bare branches. It can be stones. It can be a lovely, very simple piece of pottery or a crystal. All sorts of things can go in there. And it's the things, it's how they balance, how the things work together that's really important. So we had our first talk with him on this and we got our ideas and we got an idea of where we were going to go. And then next week we turned up with our flowers, with our plants, with the things we were going to use to make our flower arrangement. Now, Ikebana is very much about threeness. And that's really important to me. And of course, it spins straight back into the ways that I was brought up. So I felt an immediate connection with the man there. Because in the old ways of Britain, in fact, in the old ways of most places around the world that I've found, threeness is really important. And threeness is all sorts of things. I mean, it can be something really simple. Ha, not really simple. Anyway, it can be something like past, present, future. It can be like a relationship, mother, father, child. It can be a more spiritual type of thing, like three worlds, um, your lower world, your underworld, subconscious, your unconscious rather, your everyday world that you're conscious of, and then a sort of overarching spirit world. Does that work for you? So threeness can be about a lot of things. And yeah, I'll probably talk about threeness in another podcast, but right now we're into the flower arranging bit and it's going to come out there anyway. So you will have your flowers, your branches, your arrangement, there will be a threeness about it. And it will involve earth, you, and the sky. Now, there are Japanese words for this, but I can't, I'm very good at pronouncing them, so I shan't. But you have this threeness, you have this sort of thing, the earth that you're standing on, that you live on, that holds you up. You have you, who is working and being in the world. And then you have the inspiration, the sky, the beautifulness, and also, of course, the sun, which is enabling the earth to work. And so you've got that working between heaven and earth. And for me, the working between the sun and the earth, because the earth can't exist without the sun, not as we know it. It would just be a cold, dead ball of rock. It needs the sun to make life. It needs the, the pair of them to make life because the sun on its own can't make life. The sun makes heat and light and beauty in that way, but hasn't got all the stuff that the earth has, all the things that make plants, all the atoms and all the different chemicals and elements that make us. Now, that is all important in the Japanese ikebana. And you don't tend to learn that until you've been doing it for a while, until it becomes really important. And actually, actually, you don't start to learn about it until you start to realize it for yourself. 
Now, for me, that's really important too, because it's all very well piling knowledge on somebody. And yeah, this is about this, this is about that, that is la 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 la, etc. But it won't really click for them until they've started to realize that's what's happening for themselves. And then they'll go, oh, but that's like so-and-so. This is like, you know, this branch that is going horizontally and maybe drooping down a little bit, that branch of those leaves, that's making me feel like the earth. And then I've got this beautiful flower that's sort of spiraling up at a 45 degrees, say, thing. And that's making me feel like the world around me. And then over the top, I've got this branch of cherry blossom or something, or a lovely flower that is just reaching up to the sky. And that's making me feel like it's the sky. So you learn by actually doing, not out of books, not by just listening to somebody else, although that helps, but you learn by actually doing it for yourself. And I love that about Ikebana, that I was able to make loads and loads of personal discoveries about my life just by doing flower arranging. You wouldn't think that, would you? You'd think, oh, well, that's a nice hobby. It's going to take my mind off, la, la, la. And it does take your mind off all the troubles that you have around you. And who doesn't? It's really good for taking the stress out of your life. It's really good for taking you out of this churning hamster wheel of being yourself, you know, the things that are happening for you. And you go round and round and round like the hamster wheel. And you can't get out of it. You can't get off it. So it does take you out of that. But it's that taking you out of that that is actually helping you find more things. This is one of the tools that I offer in the coaching. It doesn't suit everybody. So I'm not ever saying, right, this lesson we're going to do Ikebana, everybody. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. But you can feel when a person might like to try this. And I've actually done a whole session of doing a flower arrangement with somebody as a coaching session. And what came out of it for them was enormous. It was really fantastic. And they wanted to, you know, another three sessions to actually sort out all the things that just doing a flower arrangement had made for them. And I love that. And it's not, as I said, it's not for everybody. But when it does work, it's absolutely amazing. Now, what happens? Well, in order to really do the flower arrangement, you actually need to be still. And still is a bit like mindfulness, but you don't go off somewhere and you're not going into a safe place or anything like that. Well, you do, but it's not the same. You just sit there and you've got your vase and you've got your flowers and you've got the whole bunch of flowers that you bought because you probably buy a whole bunch. You don't usually pick out just the three you're going to want for next week. So you sit there with them and you look at them and you turn them over and you pick them up and you might even smell them if they've got a scent or you hold them away from you so that you can see the shape of them. And that focusing on the flowers, focusing on something else starts to take you out of the hamster wheel stuff. And so 
doesn't take very long and you'll find you've got this one, this one, and this one. And those are the three that you want to use in this arrangement. So you put the others aside. You're going to take them home. You're not going to throw them away. You're going to use them. But for this arrangement, it's this one, this one, and this one. And then you sit there with them again and you hold them against the vase. Maybe put them in the vase one at a time and just look and see how they fall in the vase because the vase will they will unlikely be standing them up vertically, although there are ways of doing this and not using sponge. But they will move in a certain way. They will say that they really want to fall slightly to the left or they really want to hang down far down into the left and you try them on the right and they, they don't look right and they don't feel right and they may not even stay there so you're really working with this particular branch to see how it wants to be best how it stands and holds itself and feels right best that's really deep stuff and it takes you right out of your hamster wheel self and right into a connection with this plant you have this connection with this flower this branch that you're going to work with so you set that one up and then you take the next one and it's not going to be like one two three and it's not going to be set out like a project plan or anything like that you're going to find your hands go to the next one without your mind actually thinking that's got to be number two. Your hand goes there and that's part of the instinct in yourself. That's part of the intuition and part of the connection with the plants. So you take number two and you try it and you hold it near the plant, away from the plant. You try it in the vase and see how that one wishes to stand. But now you've got two plants in the vase, two branches. And they're going to work together. So the way the first one was may not be quite right now because that plant, that branch has got a companion and they may want to work slightly in a different shape. So you play with that and see how they want to be, see how they work. And like everything, when we do it, you know this moment, you suddenly get, ah, got it. Aha moment, as they say, I've got it. We're all together on this one. We're all singing on the same page. You, the vase, the branches, everybody's singing on the same page. So then you've got the one left and you do the same thing with that. You hold it with the others, try it, see how the, all three of them want to be together. Now that's going to be different again to how it was when you had just the two of them and it will move and it will change. And so you play with them. And it's going to sound daft, but lots of us in the class, when I was taking it first, we found that we talked to the plants. I think you'd look really nice over there. And the plant goes flop and not go in there. And you know, well, where do you want to be? And you hear them actually say this, sort of, first off, muttering under their breath. After we've been together for a bit, it's like, now, where do you want to be? What's going on here? How shall I play? Oh, I've got it now. It's really beautiful. And they're so connected with the plants that they're using, with the vase that they're using, with the whole process. And they're not on the hamster wheel. 
I mean, I wasn't. I'm not. Every time I do it, it takes me out. It's, it's as good as a walk. It's as good as a rest. It's as good as a wee holiday. So there you go. And you've got the three of them up there. And what happens? We all used to just sit there when we felt we got it right. And we just sit there looking at the plants, sometimes with a bit of a smile, occasionally with a big grin, but just looking. And our teacher, the bloke who was teaching us, he would come around and he would look. And he would stand there, usually behind you, trying to get the same view that you were getting of them. And there'd be silence between you. There wasn't a teacher who would rush up and say, oh, that's brilliant, Ellen, you've actually got it right, la, 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 and go on at you. He would be quiet. He would be silent. And he would be standing very stilly, looking over my shoulder, looking at what I created. And then quite often, all you get was a smile and, mm, yep, mm. And it's, it's different from what we're often used to, where we're used to having a whole splurge of words thrown at us that make us, or supposed to make us feel better. But this guy, it was his energy that was coming to you. And we all said this, because we used to go for a coffee afterwards, and we all said this, he just, his energy would say, and if something wasn't right, and you were sitting there with, a, you know, your chin on your hand, and a bit of a frown on your face, not sure how it was working, he would come behind you and he'd sort of used to crouch down so that he could get the same view. And he'd say, mm, how are you feeling about heaven? That would be the, the tallest branch. And you actually found stuff coming out of you, telling him that actually you'd had a bit of a shitty day in the office even. But it worked. And you'd let go of that. He didn't tell you anything, he didn't do anything. He would just feel good beside you, maybe make a few mm, mm, noises, and you'd let go of it. And then all of a sudden, you'd know you'd be properly connected to that branch and you'd be able to put it in the right place, the place it knew it wanted to be, the place you knew it wanted to be, because it's a real connection. So this was how it would go, and then you would have it. And of course, you had to take it home. And taking it home meant you had to dismantle it because it wasn't going to go home on the tube like that. It wasn't even going to go home in your car like that or without falling about. So when you got home, you would have the whole process to do again on your own. And sometimes, you know, it would come out slightly different. It's the most fascinating thing. And the stuff that would come out about past things, about present things, about the future that you were looking forward to or very wary of, it would come out as you replaced the branches in your vase. And Maybe I'm already there, so maybe this is easier for me. But I found it when I'm working with clients as well. They find they connect. They connect to their inner self. They have some plants and with stones, as I said, and with crystals. Because sometimes you would have two branches of flowers and a very beautiful stone, which could be a very simple, plain stone, but it would be just right and that 
with the vase and the two branches, that gave you this threeness, that gave you this past, present, future, this earth, me, sky, this connection, connection to the world and the connection to yourself. You're whole. You're not just now. You haven't thrown your past away. You can't throw your past away. It's always there. You can change your relationship to it, but you can't throw it away. And your future is always there, but it's always changing too through your relationship. So you're connecting really to yourself. You're connecting into your soul. And you find that your soul is the spark. As you connect, as you get to find this stillness within yourself and be able to re-find it. Maybe you just go, I, I was living in London at the time. And so I go out for lunch, get away from everybody, get away from the office. And there's always a green place somewhere near you. Just go and sit on a bench there. And you maybe sit under a tree on a bench. And there's quite often fountains or flower beds or something for you to look at. And you just see one flower. So you're under the tree, on the bench, looking at one set of flowers or one flower. And I found I could go into that stillness again. And I would just sit there feeling how good the tree was, feeling how good it was to sit out on the bench, watching the flower and all the noise of people and traffic. That just sort of disappears. It's really odd. But it does. And you just sit there. You just absorb the flower and the earth and the tree and the sky. And they wash through you. You feel better, clearer. All the things that were going on in the morning, that annoying person on the phone or one of your staff was late or whatever, it's just gone. It's like this stillness washes through you. All of that stuff is gone. So you come back to work in the afternoon and you're a much better colleague to work with for a start. And you're also much more competent to sort out the morning, anything that's left of it, and get on with what you need to do for the afternoon. When I've got my own business, which was probably 30 years, you still do that, like in between clients or in between um, sessions of a workshop you go and make the still, go and find the stillness and sit in it for a bit. And you come back and the afternoon works well. Now, I do it before the workshop starts. I do it before a client as well, so that I'm actually going to the client in a decent frame of mind. I'm not going to a client in the state of, oh, the cat was just sick, the husband was shouting, and everything's gone wrong, and it's raining. I try never to go to a client in that state. That's my shit. I don't want to be dumping that on a client. So I go and have a stillness session somewhere, maybe even take some branches from the garden and a flower and just make myself a little flower arrangement. I'm done. And now I can go to the client and I can be really good and really refreshed. I've put the soul back in myself. And so I can put the soul back in my business. And then I can help the client put the soul back in them at their own selves as well. So there we are for this week. Thanks very much for being here. I hope it helped. And I'll probably be talking about it again because I think it's a really important subject. But for now, that's it. 
Bye for now. See you next time. Well, thank you for joining our weekly sale on Pea Green Boat. Time to stop now. If you'd like to know more, you can meet me at www.ellensentier.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So let's connect. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much to Wahoo Media who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.